morning, church. Why don't you turn to someone next to you, just compliment them, say something nice about them. Let's have good vibes in church, just so I can get my notes in order and be ready to, to bring this. Amazing. Amazing. So, like Liam said, uh, my name is Sam. I'm part of the Flow Church team here. And uh, to me, it's, it's, a, it's an honor and a privilege to be here, like, talking to you from the Word of God this morning. And I just want to, before I start, it is the Word of God that's the most important thing this morning. It's what He says and what His Spirit is saying. So I encourage you, let's be open, not just to what my voice says, but what, what the Spirit might be prompting in you this morning. Because He's here. He's here this morning. He's speaking and He's with us. And um, we're in the middle of this series. It's called Marching In. I, I kind of I find it funny because, like, we're in February, so it would have been better to be in March, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> but marching in. And um, it's all about prayer, all about praying persistently. Um, who, have we been here for Liam and Emily's preachers, right? Yeah? Have you enjoyed Liam and Emily's preachers? I encourage you, if you haven't heard them, check out our Flow Church podcast, everybody. I listened to Liam's this week. It changed my life once again, everyone. And I love what, when he speaks. So, I don't know if you can tell, but I love to pray. <laughs> and uh, I, lo- I love to pray loudly sometimes. I like to be passionate about prayer. And uh, just before I start going into what I've prepared, I just wanted to let you know why I feel like I pray loudly. You see, I wanted to let you know why I feel like I, I can scream and shout a little bit. Because I don't know about you, I don't, I, don't, I don't pray loudly for attention. I don't pray loudly to be annoying. <laughs> I don't pray loudly so that I can look the most holy person in the room. Like, I don't pray so that everyone thinks well of me. I, I, I pray loudly because I believe in the prayers that I say. I pray loudly because I believe, like the book of James says, that my prayers as a righteous man are powerful and effective. And I believe that when I pray, that it makes a difference. Like Liam said last, like Liam said last week, even when nothing happens, something happens, right? Something happens. Can I share a story with you just to start this off? You see, there's a story about a time that I prayed. You see, I have a little sister. I'm proud of her. And, um, but you see, a couple of years ago, my sister really struggled with her mental health. And um, I remember being at a youth conference, and we prayed for her, that she would be set free, and that she'd be healed in that moment. And I remember praying for her, and at that moment, you know what happened? Nothing happened. (laughs) In fact, it seemed to get a little bit worse, because two days later, the conference was on Saturday. On the Monday evening, I get home from my day. I find my sister leaning over the sink, and basically, she'd self-harmed really badly, like the worst it's ever been. She had to go to hospital. And let me tell you, in that moment, I was shocked. My boat was rocked. I I was like, God, why don't you listen to my prayers? God, why don't you hear me? Unfortunately, the next day I go into the office and I come and see Liam Parker. And he tells me this, this thing that stuck with me ever since. He says, when your circumstances don't make sense, don't change your theology. And you see, when he told me that, I decided that I would continue to pray. I would continue to be persistent in my prayer. And it changed things, right? Because on the Tuesday, like, things were bad. But then on the Friday, my sister had an encounter with Jesus. My sister regave her life to him. And my sister was healed. And she's been free from that stuff every single day ever since. You see, as Liam said, even when nothing happens, even when nothing happens, Something happens, church. And I want you to believe that your prayers are effective and powerful, right? 
And um, so today, um, from this series, we've been preaching from Luke 11. And I'm going to read from you, read to you from Luke 11. It's going to come up on the screen. And uh, in this, um, it's Jesus teaching us to pray. And I just want to remind you, if we want to pray more effectively, we go to the one who, who we pray to, right? <laughs> if we want to know how God is going to listen more, we need to go to God, who is Jesus, to hear how he tells us to pray. So it tells us this in Luke chapter 11, verse 1 to 4. And is it, there it is. It says this. It says, now Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. As he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, as for we forgive everyone who is indebted to us, and lead us not into temptation. So you might know this prayer. Um, it's more commonly known as the Lord's Prayer. I don't know, you might have said it in school. You might have even sung it in school when you were a kid. And um, I just wanted to, I just felt like I needed to say this prayer isn't just a prayer that's to be repeated or chanted or, or, or said blindly without really realizing what it means. This prayer is a formula of, as Jesus is teaching us how to pray. This prayer is Jesus, let me turn my notes. Where am I? Oh, yes. And so, so often, and this is me included, like, we don't, we, we don't, like, okay, let me get my point right. This is a formula of how to pray. And so often, like, as Christians, I feel like we don't really access the fullness of our prayer lives because we don't always pray the way Jesus tells us how to pray. This includes me, right? And I was reading this prayer the other day. I was reading it. Could you go back to the previous bit, the... This bit. I was reading this and I realized that when we pray, so often we always go into God, I need this and I need this and I need this and I need this. But when we pray, what Jesus is telling us to do is not to go first of all into everything that we need. The thing he's telling us to pray first of all is for his kingdom to come. That's the thing. The first thing he says, I mean, the first thing he says is to praise him. But the first thing he says to ask for is for his kingdom to come. And I, I think that so often when we pray, we find it really, really easy to pray that, God, you're amazing. God, we praise you. How good you are. Hallowed be your name. And we find it really easy to pray, God, I need a car. God, I need a house. God, I need A, B, C, X, Y, Z. But sometimes we just don't quite get to the bit where we pray, your kingdom come. We either get stuck at the point where we say, how good you are, God. Or we kind of just skip over it all and go to God, I need A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And God wants our prayers to be more powerful and more effective by us, first of all, praying to seek the kingdom of God. Now, let me, before I go further, let me just tell you what the kingdom of God is. Because the kingdom of God is anywhere that the King Jesus reigns. It's not, it's not a physical place, but it's anywhere that King Jesus reigns. And it started when he died on a cross and he rose again. And his power was released by the power of the Holy Spirit into his believers. Let me remind you, that if you are filled with the Holy Spirit this morning, the kingdom of God is within you. Now let me tell you a little bit about what the Bible says the kingdom of God is. You see, the Bible in Romans 14, 17 says that the kingdom of God is made of three things. Righteousness, peace, and joy. Now church, I want you just to imagine with me for a moment. Imagine your life 
Imagine your family, imagine stains, imagine Europe, imagine your school, your workplace. Imagine it filled with righteousness. What righteousness means is, is, is a life lived the right way, a life lived God's way. Imagine, imagine all these things that I just spoke about, where, where people don't live with worry anymore, people don't live with fear anymore, people don't live, don't live like on their own strength anymore, but they live God's good and holy way. Imagine, imagine your life. Imagine the people around you. Imagine stains as, as lives live filled with peace. That we're not, like, we're not at war with ourselves and we're not at war with one another anymore. But we live at peace. Imagine that, with, like your life with that. Imagine your life filled with joy. Imagine your friends' lives filled with joy, where you don't, have to, you don't have to endure your circumstances anymore. You can enjoy your circumstances. Joy doesn't change your circumstance. It just makes you believe that God is good, no matter what your circumstance might be. And imagine that feel, flowing through to your friends, your family, your workplace, your school. And you see, I believe in the power of prayer to bring the kingdom of God. And I believe that when we pray first for this righteousness and this peace and this joy to fill our lives and the lives around us, we can see amazing, big, awesome things happen. You see, I believe that as a church, as a powerful, God-fearing, believing church, if we start praying for the kingdom to come, we can see the hospitals emptied because every single person is healed. I believe that we can see schools filled with the sound of worship and praise as, as kids decide to set their sights and their future, not on themselves, not on their fears, but on the rock that is Jesus Christ. I believe that we can see prisons filled with forgiveness, repentance and reconciliation. I believe that by praying for the kingdom of God, we can see these amazing things happen. You see, God wants us to pray big prayers because our God is a big God. I mean, he created the universe in one word, in one breath, and the universe came to be. He created me and you by just breathing life into us. He's everything you see from the stars up in the sky to the grains of sand beneath your feet was hand designed and crafted by God. He's a big God who's able to do big things. And I want to remind you, church, that there's more in you than you realize. If you are filled with the Holy Spirit, if you believe in God and you are filled with the Holy Spirit, then you have all the power, all the glory, all the goodness of God literally living and stirring inside of you. You have it. You have it. And when you pray big prayers, you can see them come and you can see them happen. Let me describe it. It like this to you. You see, I want to describe God. You see, there are two kinds of people in this world. You see, there's generous people who feel a little bit guilty about it. That's like me, right? I, go, I take my friend to Nando's and I hope they order the smallest thing so I don't have to spend too much money. <laughs> and then there are people in this world who are shamelessly generous. In fact, they're even a little bit offended when you don't order enough at their meal. And God is like this. I feel like sometimes God is like, I have everything. I have everything. Why are you not asking more of me? Why are you not asking for that house that you want? Why are you not asking for your healing? Why are you not asking for your kids' futures to be secured? Why are you not? I can do it. All you have to do is be, come to me. Be audacious and ask of me. And what I'm not saying 
It's that God is at our beck and call. And that the moment you pray for things, he'll just give it to you. Like Liam said last week, we have to be persistent. We have to keep on believing. We have to sometimes raise our faith and continue to believe. Because sometimes God needs to change something in us before he can do something through us. And then, uh, I'll be real, I'm really sorry. Sometimes God just isn't going to give you that Ferrari that you really think you need. Or that whatever it might be. But I wanna, what I do want to do is make a guarantee for your prayers this morning. You see, I want to make a guarantee that when you pray, if you are seeking first the kingdom of God in what you pray, I want to make a guarantee that he will give it to you. If what you are praying for brings the kingdom, brings the righteousness, brings the peace, brings the joy, if what you are seeking, if that's, that's what you are seeking first in what you're praying for, he will bring it to you this I want to read from, uh, it won't come up on the screen, but let me remind you of Matthew 6.33. It says this, if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, it will all be added unto you. He's talking about the things you worry about, a house, uh, healing, whatever it might be. If you seek first the kingdom of God. And I want to take it a step further. Because I read further on in Luke 11, and this will come up on the screen hopefully. In verse 11 to 13, and I've, I've, silly, I've been silly, and oh, the Lord provided. He brought me back my page. Luke 11, verse 11 to 13 says this. It says, for everyone, no, no, what father among you, is this correct? Halfway down, yeah, it's the, from the what father among you. If his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Guys, church. God is a good father, and he will give us what you need. He's not going to let you down. He's not going to leave you alone. He's not going to forsake you. He is a good father, and he won't fail you. But what I am saying is sometimes when we pray, we just have to get our priorities in order. You see, we have to, we have to be seeking first the kingdom in what we're asking. You see, so often we pray thinking about what is it I'd really like, what is it that I'd really want? It's, it's, it's why we have to pray first for the kingdom, right? Because otherwise we end up praying for X, B, C, D, X, which is all ends up just being what we need and what we want and what we're desperate for. But God wants us to change our priorities and start praying first for the things that he wants. He wants us to start praying for the things that he needs to happen. And let me tell you, when you start doing that, the things that you want and the things that you desire start to change. And your heart starts to become his heart and the things that you want start to become the things that he wants. It's funny how it happens, right? I, I, I tell this story all the time. When I was 15, I took business studies at school simply for the fact that I wanted to drive a Lamborghini. But then I decided in my life to pray for the kingdom of God. I didn't want a Lamborghini anymore. I wanted the other young people in my school to know Jesus. My prayer life changes. My heart changed. And when we do that, he promises to take care of the things that we need. Let me share a story with you. 
You see, because we, we are allowed to pray for things. We are allowed to pray for material things. As long, and I guarantee he will give them to you when, he, when, he, when you're seeking first the kingdom. You see, about a year ago, uh, I, I, I study theology. I go to uni, and I really need a laptop. And um, I had a laptop that basically fell apart. It took a bit of battering from my life and my bag. I'm very sorry. But basically, it was in a bad way, and I really needed a new laptop. And... Um, and, and uh, I decided, and so I basically, I needed a bunch of money, and uh, actually, in reality, I didn't have enough money because I was a student, and, and people might have said to me, Sam, you only need that because you want to watch movies on it. Sam, you only need that because you want to play games on it. But actually, I decided in that moment that I, I wanted to have this laptop, not for my own pleasure, not for my own kingdom, not for my own desires, but I wanted to have this laptop because I wanted to prepare preachers for my youth. I wanted to do my work at church, and I wanted to do my degree. I decided that that's what I need it for, and that's why I'm praying for it. And I decided in the thing that I wanted, I would seek first the kingdom of God for it. When God gives me this item, I will give it back to him and use it for his glory. And so I decided to pray, and I decided to pray, and I decided to pray, and for about three months, I prayed. That's why you have to pray persistently sometimes, because eventually, after about three months, something changed in me. You see, I was praying one day, and something shifted in me. Something decided to go from a place of doubt, of saying, God, maybe you'll give this to me, to a place of faith, where I say, God, you, I know you will give this to me. It shifted in me. And I, I, I went from a place of, of petitioning and asking to a place where I demanded of God. You know, sometimes, like Abraham, Liam shared about it last week, we can demand of God. Abraham wanted to save people in that city that God was going to destroy. And sometimes we are able to go to God and demand of him the things that we need for the kingdom, for the kingdom, right? And so I went to God. I said, God, by the end of the week, I was audacious, right? <laughs> by the end of the week, I pray for that 300 pounds for my new laptop. And the next day, the next day, I go home, I go to my bedroom, and on it is, I actually have the envelope with me today, so I, I kept it as a nice little reminder of God. And on it, it says, to Sam, a prompting from God. And in it, <laughs> in this envelope, was the exact amount of money that I prayed for the day before, because God cares for you. And when you're seeking first his things, and his kingdom, and his will, he'll give it to you. He didn't have to give it to me. But he wanted to. And to me, 300 pounds was a lot of money, right? I was a poor student. I didn't have any pounds. So 300 was a lot of money. And I just wanted to, I just want to raise your faith this morning to pray for big things in prayer. I want to raise your faith this morning to believe that especially when you're seeking first the kingdom of God, that he will give these things to you. I want you to believe that even before you have prayed, he's already decided to give it to you. I love that story, Adele, that you were healed even before you prayed for. God decided that she'd be healed even before we prayed. We just have to receive the victory this morning. And this just gives us space. And Liam talked about rude, audacious, kind of crazy prayers. This gives us space to pray these kind of prayers, church. I want you to pray crazy prayers. Can I share a couple of things I'm praying for this year? I'm praying. I'm praying for a building for Flow Church, everyone. I'm praying. I'm praying like we've already received it. I'm praying. I'm praying for Jamie and Maria. I'm praying that they get a house. 
I'm praying that they get a house, the house of their dreams, everyone. Not so that they might have a comfortable life, but they can host people, they can look after people, they can introduce people to Jesus as they bring them over for dinner, they can pastor people, because that brings first the kingdom of God. What are you seeking and what are you searching for? And think about how does it first of all bring the kingdom of God and latch onto that and pray for that. Maybe like Liam, you're seeking a new car that you want to drive pastors around comfortably. And you want to you want to like bless people in the community and bless his own family. You can pray for it. And I guarantee God will do it if you're seeking first the kingdom of God, church. What are you praying for? I encourage you, raise your faith and believe for it this morning. I'm going to take a sip of water. And just before I close, I have one more point to make. You see, I learned from my story when I prayed for my laptop that before God was able to bring the kingdom of God through me, he had to make a change in me. He had to make a change in me. You see, when I started off praying, I started praying from a place of doubt. I started praying from a place of, God, maybe you'll do this. But before God could give me the money for the laptop, God had to take me from this place of doubt to this place of faith. That said, I believe you're going to do it. God had to shift something in me. Now, I'm going to go to Matthew 15, verse 16 to 19. I didn't give this to the team, so please forgive me. Just listen to this. It says this. It says, do you not understand, Jesus asked, do you not yet realize that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and then is eliminated? But the things that come out from the mouth, this is the important bit, the things that come out from the mouth come from the heart. And these defile a man. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. I hope none of these things are, are, are in your life, but if they are, take it to Jesus. Now, I want to I flip this verse to a more positive lens, right? Because sometimes the things that come out of our heart are bad, and then they come out of our mouth. So maybe you, you don't have these, like, sinful things, but maybe you have worry. Maybe you have fear. Maybe you have anxiety. And sometimes when, I, when, I, when, you, pray, when you have worry in your heart, you play, pray from a place of worry. But God wants to change your heart to have, to have the things of his kingdom inside of it. He wants you to pray from a place of faith assuredness, hope, belief, love. He wants you to pray from a place where you believe that he's going to do it. You know, now, what I'm not saying is that if you have these things inside of you, if you have worry inside you, what I'm not saying is that, is that you don't have the kingdom of God in you. What I'm saying is that you have something inside your heart that is stopping you from being able to access the kingdom of God that is already inside of you. Does that make sense? But there is like a wall that, that you, you are here. I'm in your heart right now. That you are here, your worry is here, and the kingdom of God is here. And the worry, the fears, and the anxieties are stopping you from being able to pray from a place of peace and joy and faith and assuredness. Because sometimes, before the kingdom of God can go through us, the kingdom of God has to be accessed in us. In us. Thank you, God. Because it is out of our, what's in our hearts is what flows out of our mouths. And it's by our mouths that we pray it. 
and we pr- it's from our hearts that we pray. Let me, can I share another story with you? I love stories, guys. Um, you see, this is a recent story. This was a couple of weeks ago. This is where I got my point from. Um, you see, a couple of weeks ago, I was in Bracknell Town Centre. I live in Bracknell. And uh, I was with my beautiful girlfriend, Janet. She's my best friend in the world. And um, I was with, we were with this other guy. I was drinking my chocolate milkshake. And we were, okay, I, I have to admit, I was kind of, sta- we were kind of standing near a door, if that makes sense, a door out of the place. So we're standing near this door. And um, we're just chatting. We're just, we're just having a good time. And uh, all of a sudden, this, this man and this family, they kind of just barge past us. I mean, I can understand we're near the door. If you just want to get past us, I mean, it would be nice if you could say, excuse me. It would be nice. But if you want to be like that, go ahead. Go fine. But then what happens is this man turns around. He might have been drunk. I don't know. This man turns around. He takes his two fingers and he shoves them in my stomach. And he pushes me right back against the wall. And, and this is a real story, guys. It's shocking. Uh, he pushed me back to the wall, and he goes, you F-word, get out of my way. If, you don't, if you're not careful, I'll beat you up. And he walks out. Shocking, right? <laughs> and my initial feelings in this are shock, a confusion. But my, my feelings quickly turn to anger, bitterness, unforgiveness. I would even say hatred towards this man. I mean, I think I'm a nice guy, so believe it or not, I mean, this is me, right? It's just the real me, guys. <laughs> and uh, I even went out, and um, I'm, like, in the shops with Janet, and, and she's like, oh, you're right? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine, fine. I just wish I could see him again so I could tell him he didn't have to do it. And, but in reality, I had, I, I, like, in reality, I felt awful. In reality, I wasn't telling the truth to Janet because I didn't just want to see him again to tell him, oh, you didn't need to do that. I want to see him again so I could punch him. <laughs> I want to see him again so I can shame him, that I can tell him. I mean, I was bitter. I was angry. And not only, not only did this, this cause anger, but it stopped me from being able to access the kingdom of God in my heart. Because all of a sudden, I was upset. My joy was taken away from me. All of a sudden, I was troubled. I wasn't at peace anymore. And this is me. I believe I'm a Holy Spirit-filled believer but I was like this. I was, I was, the kingdom of God was taken away from me. And I literally couldn't shift it. I couldn't shake it. I couldn't shake it. I even went to Wagamama's and tried to buy myself comfort food. <laughs> to make me feel better. It did. It was very good. But then, but then I heard the voice of God. I'm convinced it was the voice of God. Because I wouldn't have said this to myself. <laughs> I heard the voice of God, and the voice of the God said this. It said, are you not supposed to pray for your enemies? Are you not supposed to pray for your enemies? And at that moment, I was like, God, really? <laughs> but I took it seriously. I took what God said seriously, and I shifted my heart. And I said, let the kingdom come in my heart at this moment. And, I, and in Wagamama's, it wasn't loud or proud, whatever you want to imagine Sam praying. It was just in my head. But I said seriously and sincerely, God, would you bless that man? Would you bless his finances? I said, God, would you bless his health? I said, God, whatever's causing him to be hurt and to try and hurt me, heal him, forgive him, bring goodness to him, bless his family. I said, God, would you show him Jesus, show him that you love him. I prayed for him, and in that moment, I don't know if I would ever make a difference to him, but when nothing happened, something happened. 
And my heart changed. My heart changed. The kingdom of God came in me again. I was filled with peace again. And I wanted to see him again. I wanted to see him again. Not so that I could punch him or kick him or whatever. I wanted to tell him that Jesus loved him. I wanted to tell him that Jesus Christ is for him, not against him, that he cares about him. That even though you might be struggling right now, that Jesus is there for you. The kingdom of God has to come in you before it can go through you. So often we carry around feelings of unforgiveness, anxiety, worry, whatever it might be. But all they do is stop us from being the fullness of the people that God has created us to be. I'm not an angry person. I'm not a hating person. I'm a kind, strong, passionate, loving man of God who is for people and not against people. And let me tell you this. God has literally hand-designed every single one of you in this room, hand-designed by his own mind and will to be the people to have the most positive impact possible on the people around you. Let me prove this. First of all, the Bible says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Second of all, the Bible says that God has predestined the boundaries by which you live. It says it in Acts somewhere. 17.22, Liam knows, trust the pastor. And most of the time, God has put you in this place to already have an impact. And most of the time, when we pray, sometimes when we pray, it changes the heart of God. But most of the times, when we pray, it's more about God changing us. It's more about God breaking off these chains that stop us from accessing the kingdom of God. And it's more about us coming back into the place to be filled with love and joy and peace and patience and goodness and kindness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control. So that your friends and your family and your workmates and your schoolmates might also have their chains broken. So that they also might step into the place where they're filled with love and joy and peace and so on and so forth. That's how the kingdom of God spreads. It, you break your chains so that their chains might be broken and then they'll go on and break more chains and all of a sudden the kingdom of God is here and reigning in Stains and in Europe. Amen. Amen. Come on. Do you believe it, church? Do you believe that your life can have an impact? Do you believe that you have it inside of you? You have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. There's a song, the same power that conquered the grave lives in you. Lives in you. The same power that Jesus had to heal lepers, to raise people from the dead, to do all these amazing things lives in you. Now just before I finish, and I'm almost finished guys. I just want to remind you that the gospel and the kingdom... Is a kingdom and a message of hope. The fact that Jesus Christ died and rose again to break your chains and to break the chains of those around you is a message of hope that there can be a better day and that there can be a better future. Because the kingdom of God is in you and it's in me, but it's not in everyone around you, right? And there's work to do. There is work to do and faith to have and prayer to be done to see the kingdom being established all around us. Now, let me tell you this about the hope that we have. You see, the hope that we have in Jesus. What's my point? Oh, yeah, yeah. First of all, 
I want to come full circle. The hope that we have is greater than we could ever expect or imagine. It's for more. There's hope for more. Because God always, never just meets your prayers, he always exceeds it. Let me go back to the story of my sister from the beginning. Remember that story, guys? My sister, my prayer for my sister, my prayer for my little sister was simply this, that she would be healed and set free. That was simply my prayer. But you know what God did? He set her free and then he let her go and thrive. Because my sister now isn't just set free, but she's a youth pastor herself. She's now going round to other young people. Other young girls that are also facing the same things that she faced. And she's now setting them free and teaching them how she got set free. God always exceeds our expectations in prayer. And when you're praying for the kingdom of God, believe that God can do more. Believe that God can do more. And this hope is for now. It's for now, guys. I had this, I had this I had, God spoke to me the other day. I, I believe in the revival, guys. I believe that God can bring revival, bring to life a town by the power of the Holy Spirit. God spoke to me the other day. He said, why are you living like you're waiting for revival? He told me to start living like revival is now. You see, let me remind you of the date. The date is the 17th of February, 2019 A.D. A.D. And that A.D. means the year of our Lord. The year of our Lord. Let me tell you about the year of our Lord. The year of our Lord was the age that the whole Old Testament was looking forward to. All the prophets, Elijah, Moses, you name them. We are now living in the age that they were waiting for. You know why? Because Jesus Christ is king. And Jesus Christ is alive. And he is reigning over stains. And he's reigning in my life and your life. And he's not just real. He's not just real. He's alive. And his Holy Spirit is here. And it's working and it's powerful. He's alive. And we are saints, church. We are saints. It's like having a hundred Elijahs in the room. Because we're filled with fire from heaven more. We're filled with the same power more. And Elijah did amazing things. He called down fire from heaven he, 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 he literally kicked out idol worship from his country. If Elijah as one man in his country could do that, imagine what a hundred Elijahs could do in Staines. Imagine what a hundred Elijahs can do in England. Imagine what a hundred Elijahs can do in, in Europe. We can see our schools have revival where worship becomes the normal. We can. It is possible. We can see our hospitals completely filled out because everybody is healed. Because we have a hundred Elijahs in this room and you are one of them. You can see your world around you transformed. Because the same power that conquered the grave lives in you. Amen, church. Can I get the band to come up if that's all right? So we're going to going to spend some time this morning responding, reflecting. We're going to reflect because, like I said, the kingdom of God can do amazing things for us, but sometimes we just got to get right with God first. Sometimes we're carrying this worry, this anxiety, this unforgiveness, this I don't know what it might be. Whatever is in your life, we carry it around and it stops us 
from being able to access the righteousness, the peace, and the joy that God promises us in the kingdom. So I want you this morning, I want us to get right with God. Is that good, church? Are you ready? I want you to, the band's just going to play over us for a while. I want you to, to do whatever you need to do. Maybe you want to stand up. Maybe you want to get out of the aisle and get on your knees. Maybe you want to close your eyes. But I want you to talk and have a conversation with God this morning. I want you just to tell him, where in your life are you struggling to see the kingdom of God? Where in your life has worry and fear and anxiety taken over and taken control of where you're going? Where in your life? And pray, ask this morning. Maybe it's unforgiveness. Like me, I had unforgiveness in my heart. I encourage you this morning. If you have unforgiveness for anyone in your life, pray for them. Pray that God would bless them. Pray that God would bless their family. Pray that God would bless their finances. I pray, Holy Spirit, right now, as we start giving back to you, we allow you, help us to allow you to permeate and fill us, Lord, with peace and joy. Holy Spirit, where we are carrying worry, replace it with peace. Where we are carrying fear, replace it with joy. Where there is guilt and shame, replace it with a feeling of righteousness right now. Because it's Righteousness is bought by Jesus, not by our own efforts. Holy Spirit, right now, give us a